It's a well-known, proven phenomenon that men can't find things. Ask any wife. Uh, one lady said that uh, her father asked her mother, would you get me some orange juice? And the daughter said to her mother, he can get his own orange juice. The mother said, no, he can't. It's behind the milk. <laughs> Sometimes we don't see things. In the scripture that was read a little bit ago, you see a frustration on the part of Jesus because his disciples weren't seeing what he wanted them to see. Let me put this in a little context for you because within the last few days for the disciples, now Jesus, they'd been following Jesus and Jesus had been putting them through experiences. Just a few days, it, it's hard to know the exact time, but w w weeks at the most, he had fed five uh, thousand uh, people first. He fed the five thousand first with five loaves and two fish. They saw that. They were there. And just a while later, they had seen him feed 4,000 people. Much the same way they were there, they had seen it. I don't know what that must have been like, that they just kept coming back and he kept giving them bread. And they kept coming back and he kept giving them bread and fish. And I'm, surely, surely a couple of them got off together and said, where's he getting that? Where's that coming from? They, they saw it. They were witnesses to these things. And then, in chapter 8, beginning with verse 11, listen to this. And the Pharisees came out and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven. Now, it's important. Show us a sign. You want us to believe who you are? You want us to accept you? Show a sign. Do a trick. And, and one of the things you'll notice all through Scripture Never when he was called upon, never when he, it was demanded that he show a sign, he never did. He would never do it then. So they say, you know, show us a sign. And Jesus sighing deeply, you know. Why does this generation seek for a sign? Truly I say to you, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. And they having... Don't you see what's happening? Don't you understand what has taken place? And so these words of frustration, having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? And so <laughs> the interesting thing is he takes them through it. Okay. Okay, let's go through this again. Do you remember, do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? 
how many basketfuls were left over? You see, <laughs> I almost see him standing there. Twelve. And when I broke the seven for the four thousand, how many large baskets full of broken pieces did you pick up? Is this how much was left over after everybody ate and was full? How much was left over? Seven. Do you not yet understand? Do you hear what he's saying? <laughs> Aren't you getting it? You guys are sitting here talking about who's got the bread. I didn't bring any bread. Peter, you bring bread? John, no, I didn't bring bread. Are you kidding me? There are things to be seen, and you're not seeing them, Jesus says. There are things to be heard, and you're not hearing them. And this was a, a theme that came up more than once. As a matter of fact, it came up pretty often. Over in Matthew 13, where he tells the parables of the kingdom, and they were sitting there, and it was, you know, all going over their heads. He said, it's, it's like Isaiah said, and he quotes, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand, and you will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For well, the heart of this people has become dull, and with their ears they scarcely hear. And they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn again, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For truly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see, and did not see it, and to hear what you hear. And did not hear it. You can understand his frustration. He's showing them things and they're not seeing what he's showing them. He's telling them things and they're not understanding. They see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. This is the message of the Bible. God is always trying to get us to see. I want you to look. I want you to see what I'm doing. I want you to see me. I want you to see what's going on here. And I have things to tell you. I want you to hear. Oh, listen, hear. God's trying to get people to see and hear truths and realities and wonders, and they're missing it. And it's tragic, sad. Because these are the things that matter. These are the things that are going to impact your life. These are the things that are going to make you say, oh, wow, and change the direction of your heart, your mind, and your life. He's trying to get you to see. What does he want you to see? Well, let me make those my points. I think we could say a lot of different things, but I tried to condense it. What does he want us to see? First of all, he wants us to see him. Over in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the writer there said, Fixing our eyes on Jesus. See him. 
It was so important as he came. It says over in John 1 that no one has seen the Father, but the Son has revealed him. See? He's trying to say, see, here I am. See me. He kept asking, who do you think I am? Who, who are they saying that I am? Who do you think I am? It's important. See me. You need to look at me. We need to focus on Jesus. If we don't, we lose sight. If we focus on something else, it gets us in trouble, quite frankly. Ask Peter. Jesus came walking on the water. It was almost in the same context we were studying, in fact. Came walking on the water, and, and it scared them all to death like it would. Remember, it was a storm, and there the waves are up and down and up and down, and there's a man over there. Scared him to death. And finally, Peter said, if it's really you, let me walk to you on the water. Come on. And Peter was walking on the water until, remember, what happened? What happened? He lost his focus. He began to look at the waves instead of Jesus. Wasn't there a sermon in that? I could wax an elephant on that for an hour. Just kidding, I won't. But there's the lesson. Keep your focus on Jesus. We lose that sometimes. We lose, we forget who he is and what he does. And don't say what he did. These things are revealed so we know what he does, what he's doing. Uncomfortable with that? Maybe we need to see. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on a bunch of rules. Don't make your religion about, I, I, I walk the line, I keep the rules, I do it better than other people, so I must be okay. Don't do that. Wrong. Don't you say, well, I, 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 it's on the church. This is the right church. I'm in the right place. The church needs to be. Don't do that. Don't do that. Church only has relevance as we are focused on Jesus. The church is only holy and right in what it should be as we are focused on Jesus and honoring and pleasing and walking with him and doing his will. Not on tradition. Don't let that be your focus. Be clear. I told you the story one time. John Eastland and I were wanting to go out and sharpen our skills a little bit of our shooting for dove season coming up. And so we thought, look, there's a, there's a pro here. Let's get him to get us a, give us a lesson. We'll just, we're both good already. <laughs> but we'll just get better. That, isn't that what we were kind of talking about? Yes. As I recall, that's what it was. Interesting, this, this pro said, you know what? Let me teach you to look. You know how to look. You can see many things, but you can only look at one thing. He was trying to get us to look at that, that clay, only at that, focus on that, see that. This book is trying to get you to Focus on Jesus. Start there. See him. 
Number two, he's trying to get you to see the love of God. All through the book, it's a message of love. You cannot emphasize it too much. You can't talk about it too much because that is a, Jesus and his, the love of God is the foundation of everything. <clears throat> we have as a symbol of our faith a cross. That's a strange thing. I mean, you know, say, I grew up with it, it's a cross. You know, no, think about that. That's a strange thing. Instrument of death, horror. That's, that's a symbol of our faith, of our hope, who we are as a people. Why? Because, you see, God came as a man. Oh, wrap your mind around that first. God came here. Oh, he taught, he preached, he did wonders, he did signs. And then he allowed himself to be put on a cross and nailed there and die there. It boggles the mind. What? What? That's, what it, that's why it became such a stumbling block to the Jews. God would never, God would never do that. You can't do that to God. He wouldn't let men do that to him. Until you know something of the love, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him a symbol of love. Why? Have you spent time at the cross? Have you gone there? I mean, you know, in your mind's eye, in your heart, and just spent some time there looking? Why is this happening? What does it mean? You need to see that. Do you not yet understand? Do you not know that there's the greatest symbol of love and sacrifice that the world has, will ever know? He wants you to see that. See the love. Grasp it. Understand it. It will boggle your mind. It will turn your heart. Do you not yet see it? We want you to see the grace. We have trouble with grace. We wrestle with it. We, we, we do all kinds of things with grace. We just finished the Christmas season. You probably gave a lot of gifts. You probably received a lot of gifts. Some gifts you might have given out of obligation. Well, they gave me one. I have to give them one of equal value. But some gifts, and you may have received one of these, it was just a gesture I love you. I want you to have this. Maybe you gave one. Your heart was full of love and you just wanted to give it. 
That's grace. See, grace flows from love. And that's when God says, I love you so much. By the cross, I've arranged, I've paid, I've made salvation and hope and joy and a release from all the things that you're afraid of. Grace. For by grace are you saved by faith, through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should glory. See, if you don't get grace, if you don't see it, if you don't hear it, if you don't understand it, if you don't bring it in, you might spend your whole life trying to be good enough. And that'll be frustrating because you'll know you never are. But when you get it, when you see, it takes that away from you. You don't have to worry about that. It's a gift. Do you see it? Do you hear it? Do you understand? The fourth thing and the last thing, and this one gets a little tricky. He wants you to see his work in and through his people. You see, he's gone to great trouble to take these people that he loves and that belong to him that become Christians and empower them with his spirit and let them sing his praises and shout his word and proclaim his glories. And he wants you to see that. And he wants you to hear it. That's why we come here on Sunday morning together. God calls us together. Tell each other. Sing it and say it and shout it. see his works the hand of God is everywhere it's in creation the creation shouts it that's what Psalms uh, 19 said the heavens are declaring the glory of God when you look at the stars do you see it glory to God one man sees another man just looks and says Hmm, star. He doesn't see. He doesn't hear. Since we Christians are also his creation. Now follow this. The creation testified. Since we are his creation, Ephesians 2.10, read it. We're his creation. We too declare the glory of God. Look around you. He speaks through us. Look around you. There are stories, stories that happen only because made possible by the fact that God is in us. In his spirit. 
There are people here, and I could point to them, and more that I can't, I don't know about, that have forgiven things that are impossible to forgive. People that have borne burdens with grace that are impossible to be borne. There are people that have done acts of love and service and sacrifice that are beautiful beyond measure. And it goes on and on from generation to generation and always there, and it is God's creation testifying to his glory. Why? Because he has allowed us to see some things and know some things that others don't. He's allowed his people to see and to hear. Ask about, ask us about our answered prayer. Ask us about God showing up in beautiful and wonderful ways. You see, he's still active. He's still doing things, and we see that. I'll tell you a couple of stories. Let me just, I'm going to testify. Is it, and these are just a couple. There's, there's hundreds. Just recently, on the way back from deer hunting, I had a flat tire in Copper's Cove, Texas, in the middle of the night. And my jack wasn't working. I couldn't get my, my, my car up high enough off the ground to change the, get the, I got it one wheel off. It's flat. I couldn't get the other one on. And I couldn't find any help. Nobody would help me. I, would say, I prayed. I prayed. You know, because I, I, I talked to God all the time. Anyway, Lord, you're going to have to help me with this. I am stranded here. I don't know what to do. And you know what? Within minutes, a young man drove up, an angel. A young black man drove up and said, you need help? Yeah, but I don't think you can help me. Well, let's see. He got out. He stayed with me, it must have been a couple of hours, and between the two of us, we finally found a way to make this work and got that tire on. I said, what's your name? Trevarius. Well, Trevarius, you, tonight you are God's angel. He said, oh, I'm just out driving around. I know, I know. But you just drove by here and said, can I help you? Somebody say, coincidence, accident. Is that all you see? Many of you know, and I ask her permission to tell this, my beautiful, adorable, wonderful granddaughter-in-law, uh, Scott's wife, Melissa, had breast cancer. Scared us all to death. On the morning she was having surgery, I was at home alone, because they'd asked Barbara to come. They didn't ask me to come. They needed a nurse. And somehow they didn't think that I would qualify. Go figure. That morning I was out on the back porch. Got out there before sunrise. It was dark. And I'm praying. I'm drinking my coffee and I'm praying. 
She's fixing to go into surgery. And all of a sudden, dawn broke. And it was glorious. It was red and gold and brilliant. Walked out in the yard so I could see it better. And I laughed and I cried. I heard it. I knew it. The message was, I got this. I'm here. I got it. Somebody says, an accident, coincidence. No. We don't talk about these things among ourselves very often, do we? Jerry Lambert. He and I had a long discussion about this the other day. About these wonders. These things that we are privileged to live in and to experience and to be part of. Do you see them? Let me tell you something. In John chapter 12, Jesus was about to be crucified. He was getting time. He was coming very close. And he said, in the presence of a great many people, Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Let me tell you about two different people who were there. One man said, hmm, thunder. It thundered. That's what some of them thought. And he went home. He was unchanged. He was the same as he always was. His wife said, anything happened today? And he said, thundered, nothing. Another man was there, and he heard the voice of God. And he was in awe and wonder, and he went home with his eyes enlarged and his heart full, and his wife said, anything happened today? And he said, oh, yes. Why? People say, show me a sign. Remember the Pharisees saying that? Show me a sign, and I'll... I'll believe. And Jesus said, no, believe, and I will show you wonders. Believe, and I will knock your socks off. Believe, and belong to me. Do you not yet understand? Do you not yet see? Let me ask you, it's our custom to close with an invitation, the Lord's invitation. Will you trust him? Will you give your life to him and you will see 
wonders. But without that, you may never see them. And so we extend the invitation to give your life to the Lord. If you have a burden, if you have a hurt, if you have a wound, if you need someone to pray with you, the elders and staff will be around the back of the altar. Go back there. I'm often back there. I'll be down here this morning, but it's our joy. It's our privilege to, to talk with you and to pray with you. We're here for you. We're here for each other. you need to come for any reason, do that as let's stand and sing.